Okay, today we're going to talk about building a sukkah. Um, my focus, just because of the way we, we do things, has to do with, you know, building it for a restaurant or a caterer or something like that. But the truth is, I don't think there's much different here than for building it for a home. Um, not that I can think of. Um, so we're just going to talk about um, what it takes to make a sukkah that should be okay, acceptable, kosher, if you want to use that word. Um, I'm going to divide what I'm saying into three parts. And um, we're, what we're saying here is based on uh, CRC's position, as per every reason. Um, others think, potentially think differently, more the homer or the kula, but this, we're going to present it the way um, the CRC does things. Okay, our first, uh, first we're going to talk about location, then about the walls, and then about the schach. Okay, so the location means like this. Before you build a sukkah, first you have to scout out the area and just say, is this a good place to put up a sukkah? Okay, is this a place that is kosher appropriate for the putting of a sukkah? So the first thing is, the most unusual issue is that a sukkah must be came to do. It has to be a place where you eat like in your house. So that means that if a sukkah, if there's a bad odor, or it's too hot, or it's too cold, or there's too many bugs, or anything like that, that makes it a, not a comfortable place to eat, um, a sukkah shouldn't be there. Sometimes it's so bad that it's not even kosher at all if you eat there. Uh, but it means just think about like we don't put it next to a garbage dump, or if it's in the middle of a swamp and it's all buggy, we wouldn't put a sukkah into that spot. Second thing is, um, this is a more of a home issue. That is, we have to think about Shabbos and Yontiv. And that is, the Ramah says that um, a person should not be eating over a grassy area because invariably he's going to spill something on the floor, uh, which would be a potential issue of Zerbea, of making things grow on, on Shabbos or on Yontiv. So th- for that reason, a sukkah should really be built on a patio or a porch that has cement or wood or something, some s- solid surface, um, rather than on the grass. If a person is doing it on the grass, then the preference is that there should be a tarp or something like that under the sukkah so that something that spills won't go onto the grass, it would go onto this, onto this tarp. Now, not, this is not such a relevant issue um, like in a restaurant because um, they don't have customers on Shabbos and Yontif, but in a home issue it would be. Um, similarly for Shabbos is that you, could, you can't carry outside. So when you put up your sukkah, you have to think about, is there an area in this area? Or is this surrounded, like if it's in my backyard and there's a fence around it, then that's good also. But it has to be in a place where I'm allowed to carry. Um, or else on Shabbos, I won't be able to use that as a good sukkah. Um, that wouldn't pass the sukkah, just you won't be able to use it on Shabbos. Okay? But the most common and the most serious issue for most people's sukkahs is about choosing the location for the sukkah is to look overhead. And because if a sukkah needs to be have schach on its roof, and be then exposed over, overhead, above that, to the sky. Um, and if there's something overhanging the sukkah that's not kosher for schach, like a tree or the overhang from a house, then um, that potentially can ruin this sukkah, uh, or you won't be able to eat in that spot. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and therefore, the truth is, the best place to make a sukkah is where there's nothing overhead, okay? In a nice open area where there's nothing hanging over the sukkah, okay? That's not always so realistic. Um, so now, the thing is like this. If the something that overhangs the schach is near one of the walls, or more than one of the walls, then it depends how far the overhang is. Okay, and there's three categories. One is, if the thing that overhangs goes less than three tvachim, okay, as we, we'll, I'm going to mention a number of times here, um, tvachim, in, in when we talk about it today, uh, and for just, 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 just to introduce that for one second, that there's different opinions as to how, far, how big the tefach is, um, and therefore, we are machmir in both directions, okay? Uh, we say it's either between just over three inches, I'm going to use, use three inches just to be even, just, we'll say three inches, or a is four inches. 
Okay, so it's someplace in between, and we follow that luchumra in each direction. So what I, I'm about to say now is that if, if the space that it hangs over is less than three tvachim, then the, the overhang, the trees that are hanging over, or the part of the house that hangs over less than three, less than three tvachim, it doesn't affect the sukkah, not at all. And you can even eat under that part. You can sleep under that part. It makes no difference. Okay. So for this part, we've been machmer. We say three tefachim means nine inches. Okay. It's really a drop more, but let, well, for e- for simplicity, I'm going to use round numbers. I'm going to say nine inches. Okay. So if it le- if if the, let's say it's an overhang from the house or a couple of inches, um, less than nine inches, it doesn't make a difference, and the sukkah is completely kosher. If this if the overhang is between three tefachim and four amas, so it means it's between nine inches up to about six feet, okay, give or take, up to about six feet, then the din is like this. The part that are, the parts that are covered by the tree or the house, that part is not kosher as a sukkah. That part is, it's not acceptable to use as a sukkah. But the part, it doesn't ruin the wall, and the rest of the sukkah is still kosher. So it's, it's a, um, that, the, you can't eat in that spot which is now covered, but you can use the rest of the sukkah. What happens if the overhang is more than four amas? Then the, that passes the whole sukkah. Okay, that wall doesn't count. It's as if that completely doesn't exist at all, and it ruins the, the that would ruin it for the entire sukkah. Okay, so all that I just said to you, these three categories of if it's less than three tvachim or between three tvachim and four amas or more than four amas, that's when it goes over the sides, meaning it's covering the wall and some of the schach. What happens if it's in the middle of the sukkah? Think about someone on a drop a towel on top of the sukkah, on top of the schach or put something metal on top of there, then, um, meaning it's not over the walls, it's just over the center of the sukkah, then the overhang has to be less than four tvachim, about 12 inches or 12 and a half inches. Um, and if it's, um, and, and there's a little bit of a difference if it's between three and four, but it's got to be um, less than, it's got to be less than four tvachim. If it's less than three, uh, you can even eat underneath it. But, so, but, but more than four would, would pass the sukkah again. Okay, so now, I've told you a number of ways that a sukkah could become possible, or, or, or at least that you can't eat under certain parts of the sukkah, which is the most common is the case where it's less than four, between three tzvachim and four amas. There's a tree hanging over one side of the sukkah, and, or there's an overhang from the building over one part of the sukkah, and it's less than four amas. Okay, so in that place, when it's less than four amas, you can't eat in that spot. So the, the most basic level is the people who use the sukkah need to know that that part is not kosher as a sukkah. So that in a house, you tell people in the, in the family, in a, in a restaurant, it means that you have to tell the customers, have to know that this part of the sukkah is not kosher as a sukkah. Uh, and even better, when it's in, in a public place, like a, like a restaurant that's using, that's using a sukkah, then there should be put tape down or a sign up that says, this spot from here to here is not kosher, you can't eat under the spot. Didn't ruin the sukkah, but you're not allowed to eat, if you, um, you're allowed to eat there, you're just not allowed to eat, you're not doing the mitzvah. So you can eat foods that you can eat out of the sukkah, or you could, or people who are not obligated in the mitzvah, like women, could eat there, but you're not yet to the mitzvah if you eat in that spot. Okay, now, um, there's another rule, has, which has to do with location, it has to do with this thing about having trees down, and that is, there's a general rule about sukkah, which is tasav lemon asli. The Torah says, chaka sukkah tasav, you should make a sukkah, means a sukkah has to be created by a person, it can't just show up by itself. So the most, Common, what we most people think of when they think of tasav lemon also is, is that the schach has to be put up after you have walls. You can't have schach first and put the walls later, because if that happens, then the schach is as if came into being 
by itself, because schach needs walls. So the schach, this schach came into being without any walls. Uh, and and when, it, when it, I'm sorry, it came, it, you put it up without walls, that wasn't kosher. And then when you put up the wall, the schach became, so to speak, in its place by itself. Nobody put them there, so that's not kosher. You have to put the schach after the walls. But that's a general. But for our purposes, uh, it means is, the Mishmur says that you should, Shukhanor says parts of this, is that if you're going to be trimming trees above a sukkah, you need to trim those trees before you put the schach up. Because otherwise, you put up the schach, and it was not kosher in that area, and now you trim the tree, the schach became kosher without a person putting it up. That wouldn't be good. The Mishmur says also that if you can have a schlag or a skylight above, above the sukkah, they should be open, or, or a awning, those should be open when a roll back when you're putting up the schach. This way, when you're putting it up, you, a person, are putting up schach that's kosher, um, and therefore... Um, and then you can put the schlock on afterwards uh, and, and do like that. Okay, if you, if you didn't do that, if you put it in the wrong way, then once it isn't a kosher, once it's set up kosher, then you should, um, a, a Jewish person should come along and lift it up as a way of saying, I'm now, as if I'm now putting it on right now. Okay, that's the end of our first section about choosing the location. Okay, so and again, the main focus of location had to do with making sure we have a spot that doesn't have too much overhang. Okay, our next section is about um, the walls of the sun. So a sukkah needs to be seven tvachim by seven tvachim. It means it's 28 inches by 28 inches. Um, that, that's, um, that's the minimum size of the sukkah. You can't make one side, if you make one side a little shorter, you can't make the other one, but you don't help by making the other one bigger. But that's usually not a problem. Very, most people don't have sukkahs that are so tiny. Usually that's pretty easy to have seven tvachim by seven tvachim. But now though, those, that area, which is seven tvachim by seven tvachim, needs to be surrounded by walls on at least three sides. Okay, and each one of those walls needs to be at least 10 tvachim tall. Over here, l'chumra, 10 tvachim means 40 inches. Okay, we take the long, bigger tefach, so it has to be 40 inches. Um, it has to be 40 inches tall. But those walls, this that we, this, you have to have three walls, and those walls have to be um, 10 tvachim tall. Those 10, that does not have to be a solid wall. The din is very um, open or forgiving as to ha- how walls should look like. And walls don't have to be solid like we might think they would use. Okay, and one big cool of that is, is that is the din of love. The din of love it says is that anytime there's a space that's less than three tvachim, nine inches, anytime there's a space between two things that are less than nine inches, it's as if that space is filled in. Okay? <clears throat> so, um, so, so for example, if I make a, uh, if I have a chain link fence, a chain link fence has got very little solid to it, but the space between each one of those links is less than three tachim, less than nine inches. So it's as if the wall is solid. So the din says, even though it's really it's wide open, <clears throat> you could you could you know there's a lot of most of it is empty space. It's still considered to be full. Or let's say I take a wall that's a solid piece of wood that's eight tachim tall, and I suspend it over the floor, and I put it two and a half tachim off the ground. So now I have a I have two and a half tachim of empty space. It's as if the din says those are like filled in. So we have two and a half tachim uh, of filled in space that they didn't fill in, plus eight tvachim eight of solid wood, and that's considered a sukkah that is now, that's ten tvachim tall. So, excuse me. So what some people do is, <coughs> sort of like the chain link fence, they use something called lovewood straps. What they'll do is, they'll, they'll take strings, and they'll, they'll put those strings on, you know, around on poles, and each string will be within uh, three tvachim of the next one, so the, the, the strings will be going horizontally around the sukkah area. So each string, let's say each string is two and a half tvachim from the other one. So we said nine inches is three tvachim. So each one is eight inches from the other one. So they put strings every eight inches all the way till they get to 40 inches high. 
And now they have the din says it's as if they have a ten tefach wall because the the space be, the, the eight inches between the the strings is as if it's filled in. So now if we make enough strings high enough, it's as if we have forty inches of fold in. We have ten tefachim wall made really out of just a handful of strings, just a bunch of strings running horizontally um, makes the strings fill makes it filled in. Okay, so now. Um, that works, and then that works. Um, and there are people who do that. They call them lovet straps. Um, there are even circles that are built like that you know, from the get-go with this lovet straps. Um, but in, in doing this, you have to pay attention that the space between those straps, because it only works if the space is within is, is less than three tefachim between them. Okay? And when you, just because someone uh, designed the sukkah to be a certain way, that doesn't mean that that person was being so careful. You have to pull a tape measure yourself and make sure it actually is less than three tochem. Um We looked at some and actually they weren't. Some of them were pre-built, you know, pre-designed to be kosher sukkahs, but in fact there was more than three tochem between one, more than nine inches between one strap and the next. Okay. Second thing is, second thing is um, that if the, these strings, if you're using the, these lovered strap strings, they have to be held very taut. They have because if they're not perfectly, you know, held really tightly from one side to the other, what's going to happen is, with time, um, they will, and people bang into them and raining and all kinds of stuff, they will start to sag. So what happens is if today, <clears throat> there was only eight inches between one string and the next, and that was fine, but with time, if the lower one starts to fall down or droop or, or get loose or, or untied from its end, all of a sudden now it's going to be ten inches and it won't be kosher, okay? So um, you have to make sure that, in fact, it stays... That since you're making these walls based on this whole, you know, you have this whole idea of how you're going to make your walls kosher, you have to make sure they actually are, stay, they are less than three tochem apart, and that they stay less than three tochem apart. Okay, now, <coughs> the, the, this, I'm mentioning to you, that you could do these love with straps, seems like for a very unusual situation. I mean, why would, how many people want to do that? But in fact, um, and, and people, but in fact, there is, there are many sukkahs that need that, and the reason is like this. Um, if a person makes a sukkah out of a solid wall, out of wood or fiberglass or something solid, uh, or I don't know, bricks for that matter, makes something a solid wall, no problems. It's not going anyplace. However, if you make a sukkah wall out of uh, fabric, what they call canvas, a fabric su- sukkah, then, and if it, what happens is when it blows, when the wind blows, that fabric will flap around in the wind. Um, there are different sheets about how much flap, a certain amount of flapping is not going to be good. If it flaps around too much in the wind, that's not going to be kosher to be a sukkah. Uh, that's not counted as a wall. Okay? Again, even though empty spaces are ca- counted as a wall, but flapping more than a certain amount is not enough, and the Syracuse's position on that is, it can't, basically it can't flap at all. Okay, so that means is if you're making if you're making a sukkah with walls that are canvas, they are invariably they're going to flap around in the wind. Then you need these lovet straps. Okay, so in other words, you can't. It, it, you, the sukkah might look like it has walls to it. In fact, it does have real walls to it. But in fact, the, the din looks at it opposite opposite from what it looks like. The fabric walls are not being counted as the walls, and it's those strings, those lovet straps that are making the walls actually be the walls. Okay, so, so here it is, you know, it seems a little backwards, um, but that's how it works um, for this kind of a situation. Okay, now, that, if, if that's true, if you have that kind of a sukkah where you're counting on the lovet straps, you have to pay attention to how many walls the straps are around. If the walls, the, if the straps only go around three walls, then the straps only go around three walls, then those are the only kosher walls of the sukkah. Okay, three walls is enough. But what happens if we have a problem? Like, what happens if we have an overhang? <coughs> um, 
uh, overhang of a tree very far over one of those walls. Remember, if it goes too far, it makes the wall puzzle, if it's more than four arms. Um, or we have empty space. We'll see more about empty space in a second. Uh, it had too much empty space. <coughs> it could also make a puzzle. Then, so we might end up having, uh, we might end up losing a wall. So you have to pay attention that if we're counting on Lovett's traps, then the Lovett's traps are only walls for the walls that actually go around. Okay, now, another thing to do with walls is that the walls have to, and this has to do with them flapping the wind a little bit, is, um, um, is that the, the walls of a sukkah need to be able to stand up and roof material. In a, in a typical wind for that area, they have to be, uh, you know, strong enough to stand up to that kind of a storm. doesn't have to be able to handle a hurricane. Just the regular, everyday winds that come in that area, or the weather that comes to that area. Uh, so you, that's a little bit part of uh, choosing a location. And, or, or when you have your location, you say, is, is the sukkah that I'm building strong enough to handle the, the, the environment that I'm going to be putting it into? Um, so it's not just a convenience that I, I actually want my sukkah to last three yantim, it's that it has to be strong enough to last three yantim. Um, and therefore, in, in a normal, you know, if things are as typical, they have to be able to handle that. Okay? Okay, now, another part of, a, of the wall is that the, the walls, I, I said, have to only be 10 tvachim tall. They don't have to be 40 inches tall. But the, and the thing says is that once the, the, the wall is 10 tvachim tall, it's as if it keeps on going up straight up to, to forever, up to the sky. It just keeps on going up. Okay, well, why do I care? I only need 10 tvachim. The answer is like this. After the wall goes up, keeps going up, eventually it comes to the point where it's uh, perpendicular to the schach, okay? And now we have to watch something. We look at the space where the wall is for pretend away from the schach, or if it's a real wall, where it's actually close to the schach, and we can't have more than three tachem, more than nine inches of empty space between the top of the, between the wall and the schach. I mean, either the actual wall or the pretend wall that rose up from ten tachem high, it can't be more than three tochon empty space. So whereas before I said you could have up to four amas of schach puzzle on top, you could have a tree hanging over, that's okay, up to four amas. It might, you might not have to eat there, but it won't ruin it. But if you have more than three tochon of empty space, then that, then that wall doesn't count. Okay? That wall is not close enough. Now, again, the wall doesn't actually go up to the side. The wall only has to be ten tochon. But we now we have an imaginary wall keep on going up higher, where it's perpendicular to the, to the schach, there has to be less than three tochem of space, and if there's more than three tochem of space, that wall doesn't count and you rule it, okay? Now, we'll, we'll, that, that's, in general, when you're building a circle, in particular, we'll hear more about when we talk about mats in a second, uh, it's particular of an issue for them, okay? We have to make sure that our schach goes within three tochem of where the wall is or where the wall in din considers it to be, okay? So that's the end of our talking about the walls. Now let's move to the schach. Okay, so the basic rules for Sakha, three basic rules are, the Sakha has to be something that grows to the ground, it has, the second is it has to be something that is not attached to the ground anymore, and it has to be something that is not Makabotoma. Makabotoma means it's something that would um, become Tame if something, let's say, touched a dead body or other kinds of Toma, has to be that would not be Makabotoma. Okay, so, examples of each of those are, we can't use metal or rocks or plastic because they don't grow from the ground, that was the first problem. We can't use vines or branches that are still attached to the ground because they're still attached to the ground. So they grew on the ground, but they're, they have to also be removed from the ground. And the last rule was, it can't be something that's with and because of that, we can't use food. You can't put a, 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 a bunch of bananas up there um, to be your to, to be your schach, 
and you can't use certain kinds of woven mats because they are also makabal tumma. They think that if they, they're suitable for, for uses, that would be makabal tumma. Okay, now once we've chosen what we want to use for our schach, okay, let's say we, we'll talk about that in a second, we chose something to be schach, we have to put enough schach on there that it, it gives more shade than sun, which is to say is the, the coverage on the top of the sukkah is more than 50% um, of coverage uh, rather than empty space. So that the solids, the, the solid part of our schach has to be more than 50% of the top to rather than, and less than 50% of empty space between the pieces of schach. Now, um, so what do people use? How do they use the schach? So people will use bamboo poles or one by two pieces of wood, uh, and they're perfectly fine. They go on the ground, they're not attached to the ground, they're not the kapatuma, perfect. Uh, other people, um, and the, the, the difficulty with that, those are great for schach, the problem is you have to keep them the whole year round. They, they take up a lot of space. Okay, so some people say, some people use uh, cut branches, they call them greens in some places. They just cut up branches, and so they cut up, the, they trim the palm trees before rush, before sukkahs, and they just take those branches and put them on top of the sukkah. Those are good for schach also, okay? And, but they're, and they're disposable, so you don't have to store them from year to year, but of course you do have to buy new ones every year, okay? So, um, some people have come up with this idea, they'll, they'll use a mat that's made special for sukkahs, okay? And the mat, the, the, it, 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 the advantage of the mat is that it's small and lightweight, and it's easy to store from year to year, uh, it's easy to put up as well. Um, and, uh, but in order to make a mat that's kosher, we're not going to talk about what it takes to do that, but in order to make a mat that's kosher, you need to think through all these dinim and make sure you don't make something that's makabal tumma, and use things that are only uh, grow from the ground, etc. All kinds of complexities to doing it. Um, so, before, due to all that difficulty in making a kosher mat, uh, basically, people should buy a mat that has a reputable hashgach on it, um, one that they know, therefore, someone's taking responsibility to make sure... Um, that these mats are really acceptable, they're really kosher to use for the mitzvah, okay? So, the, as I said, the advantage of the mat is that it's so small and light and rolls up into a nice little bundle that's easy to store from year to year. Um, but, but that same advantage is the disadvantage of the mat as well. The disadvantage is, is that they're so light that winds can blow them off the sukkah. Not only could, could it blow them off the sukkah, which would be inconvenient, especially if it's on Yantem, all of a sudden you have no sukkah, but they could also move the they could also move the schach, push it over away from a wall. If it pushes it over more than three twachim from the wall, then as I said before, now there's an empty space between the wall and the schach, and that and if the space is more than three twachim, more than nine inches, then that wall doesn't count anymore. We just that wall is not part of the sukkah anymore. Forget it, you can't, for sure you can't eat it, but it's not even part of the sukkah. So the schach mats, because they're so light, and which is their advantage, they're light and they're easy to, to work with, but they're also light means that the wind can pick them up and move them from here to there. Okay, so that's a problem. So how, how can we solve that problem? What can we do about these mats um, to make them not move around uh, during sukkahs? So before I answer that question, I need to digress for a second about another din which has to do also with schach, and that is... Uh, I, I've t- said it already, that schach has to be something that's not makabal toma. Okay? Now, so some people say that not only is the schach not able to be makabal toma, but the thing that supports the schach, either by holding up the schach or holding down the schach, either one, has to be something that's also not makabal toma. We call that a maimed. It can't have a maimed that's makabal toma either. Okay? Um, the the Mechaber and the Ramah mentioned the Shita. And the Mishabur says that you should be choshish for that, that you shouldn't have a maimed, which is a maimed, which is makabal toma. Okay, so that means is that if you have a sukkah made of a metal, 
the frame of the sukkah is metal, then you should not put on the schach on top of that, because the metal is makabotoma. Uh, metal is pretty easy to make it be makabotoma. And the metal is makabotoma, and therefore this, the, what's supporting the sukkah, what's mined with the schach, is metal. But Mishabur says, even though we, we wouldn't want something to be maimit with we don't want something to be maimit with a makabotoma, but if, if, uh, the, if we indirectly support the schach with a makabotoma, that's fine. And we call that a maimit demaimit. If the thing that's holding the sukkah is not makabotoma, but the thing that holds, the thing that holds, the, that's holding the schach is makabotoma, that's good. So, for example, if you have a sukkah with a metal frame, so you wouldn't want to put the schach right on top of the metal frame, but if you put a two-by-four on top of, you know, across from one side of the sukkah to the other, and then put the schach on top of that, that's fine. Because what's going on is that what's supporting the schach is the two-by-four. Two-by-fours are kosher for schach. What's supporting the two-by-four is the metal frame. So the, 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 the direct maimit of the schach is not makabotoma. That's fine. The indirect uh, maimit of the, of the schach, that is to say the metal frame, is makabotoma. But that doesn't bother us. The maimit, the maimit doesn't bother us. And you're allowed to use it. Okay, so that that's, has to do with how you put the schach on top of the wall if the wall is makabotum. So now let's go back to our schach mats. Okay, we don't, we, we have, I mentioned our problem that we're trying to deal with is we have schach mats that are going to potentially blow off in, in, a, in not very strong wind, they're going to just blow off. Okay, in, in everyday wind, um, they're going to blow off. So if we were to tie down those mats onto the, onto the frame of the sofa as a way to hold them down, then we'll be minus the mats with some, it's not kosher for tzach. We'd be holding, using a string to tie them down. Uh, there, it's possible to use special strings, but basically, in most cases, in most ca- strings are going to be not kosher for tzach. So we can't hold down the tzach. That would be we can't be miming the tzach with this thing that's not kosher for tzach. So what some people do is um, they'll put two by fours on top of the mats. So the two by fours are heavy enough that they hold down the mats in place. So even when it gets windy, the the, the mats, the mats don't have their own weight to hold in place. But the the two by fours keep them in place and make sure that they don't fly around in doing service. And that Rabbi Reese said, not only could you use two by fours, but you could do the following. Remember, I told you, putting down two by fours underneath the mats, or you could put down two by fours under the mats in order to in order to that they shouldn't be resting on the metal. Then you put down the mat on top of these 2x4s, and then you put another 2x4 on top of that. So we, we essentially, we've sandwiched the, the, the mat between two 2x4s, or on each side, you know, 2x4s, and then we can cable tie those 2x4s to each other. So what we're doing is, by, we're sandwiching them together, we're holding them together. So the, the maimit of the schach is 2x4s, that's fine. The maimit of the maimit is, is a cable tie, and that's fine also. Uh, that's, that's only indirect maimit, and therefore it's okay. okay. So that's a way of doing it in a way that um, makes the, that makes the, that holds the mat in place, keeps it from blowing away in the wind, but is, keeps the sukkah kosher. Okay, and I'll just repeat that I mentioned earlier that when, when, when I'm talking about schach, I mentioned these things we said beforehand, which was that tasin women also means that you have to put on the schach after, you have to put the schach in a way that the sukkah becomes kosher at that time. So, first of all, it has to have walls there beforehand. The walls have to be up before the schach goes, or if you're using the, the straps, the straps have to be up. Uh, straps have to be up, uh, before you put up before you put up the schach on top of it. And tr- trees have to be trimmed beforehand, or uh, a schlock, or awnings have to be pulled away beforehand. All that has to be done before you put up the schach. 
Um, and we also mentioned about the schach, that if this, that there's something overhanging too far, um, then it might be, you may not be allowed to eat under that part of the sukkah, or uh, it might even ruin the whole sukkah altogether. Okay, two last little things, and one is that, um, Rabbi Rhee said, someone who's not Jewish should not be putting up the schach. Um, there are ways that potentially they could, but basically they should avoid that. If they did do it, then a Jewish person should come along afterwards and lift up the schach, a tefach, maybe four inches, and then put it back down. So it's as if he is the one who built the sukkah. And last is that if you hang decorations from the sukkah, um, there shouldn't be such tall decorations that the bottom of the decoration is four tefachim, about 12 inches from the from the schach. Okay? If it hangs down too far, that could also be a problem. Um, but uh, our lights are an exception to that, uh, that they can hang down even more tefachim as long as they're not very more than four tefachim wide.